Her name is Molly. Molly grew up in Wisconsin. She attended the University of Notre Dame for college. Molly liked to run and she was really, really good at it. In fact, during the 2015-2016 NCAA Division I cross country and track seasons, she was a sensation, winning multiple national titles. Molly Seidel was the girl to beat. And for a time, no one could. I was reading an article about Molly Seidel this week by an author whose name is Molly Fahrenhold. And she wrote, upon graduating from Notre Dame, though, Molly Seidel shocked the running world when she did not sign a big sponsorship contract and she did not compete in the Olympic trials. Instead, she quietly checked into a treatment program for an eating disorder she'd had and been wrecking her mental and physical health for years. She suffered multiple injuries because her bones were dangerously weakened by a years-long battle with overtraining disordered eating, and bulimia. A close friend sat her down and told her, Molly, you're not okay. You're not yourself. You look like you're dying. And that was the moment. That was a breakthrough moment. Molly knew that she needed to get help so she spent a summer at the rehab center in Wisconsin unsure of where her running career would go or not go from there. But Molly Seidel eventually completed that rehab, re-entered the running world, and triumphed in her comeback. She eventually moved to Boston to live with her sister. She worked as a part-time barista and babysitter while she trained, not for the event that she had always run, but instead for the marathon, which she had never run. In February 2020, Molly Seidel ran her first ever marathon, which happened to be at the Olympic trials, and she placed second among all the women marathoners. This qualified her for the Tokyo Olympics. And so she went on to Tokyo. On August 6th, at the Tokyo Games, she ran in just her third marathon. Guys, it was her third marathon. And guess what? She didn't win, but she got a bronze medal. She finished third. It was such a shock to the running world. Only her third marathon, she finished with a bronze medal. And there in triumph with her Kenyan gold medalist and silver medalist. She stood on the medal stand, proudly representing her country and the breakthrough she had had. Molly Seidel is an Olympic medalist. She did an, uh, an interview right after uh, she crossed the finish line. And they asked her about that. She was absolutely shocked that she had won. She didn't expect it. No one expected it but she had done it. In fact, she told her that on her way out the door uh, for this early morning race, her coach had told her, hey, grab your medals uniform for the stand. She said, why in the world would I do that? And he said, just in case. 
She said that day, my coach believed in me even when I didn't believe in me. Molly had a dream. She had a dream of a breakthrough. When she was in fourth grade, she had a project where we took a little fourth grade picture and on the back of the card you wrote your dream. And here's her dream. I wish I will make it into the Olympics and win a gold medal. Well, she didn't win a gold, but she won a bronze. And maybe she will experience yet that gold medal breakthrough. For after all, she's young for a marathon, or only 27. And there's the Paris Olympics just three years from now. What an incredible story of breakthrough. Today, I, I wanted to tell you that story to kind of set the stage for the passage we're going to look at today. Because the passage in Acts chapter 16, you can find your way there. The book of Acts is a record of the early church penned by Luke, a companion of the apostle Paul in ministry. And he tells about a breakthrough they had. Maybe today, maybe you're looking for a breakthrough. Is there an opportunity you've been pursuing? A relationship that needs help? Or you're just longing to make a, a bigger impact? Maybe you feel stuck. You're not getting where you want to be. Maybe you're longing for your faith to become more alive and more impactful. Maybe you just want to see someone you know, someone you love, experience the grace and love of Jesus like you've experienced. Well, God specializes in breakthroughs like that, but often in very mysterious, unexpected, and sometimes mm, quite stretching ways. There's an amazing encouragement in the passage we're going to look at today. For anyone seeking a breakthrough in his or her life, relationally, emotionally, vocationally, and especially spiritually, and in making a difference with the good news of Jesus Christ in loving other people. Turn to Acts chapter 16. Last weekend, Pastor Brandon did a fantastic job of telling us the launch of the second missionary journey. Paul and Silas begin this second missionary journey. They got off to a rocky start because Paul and Barnabas didn't quite see eye to eye. They had a difference of opinion, but they sorted it out and eventually got on their ways, deciding to double their efforts by going on not one, but two different missionary trips. Then the apostle chose Silas and they chose to go back to, shocking us, we heard last week, by returning to Lystra. There where a while back, the apostle Paul was nearly killed by being stoned to death from extremists who were threatened by the good news of Jesus. And by the way, it's just a good moment here to pause. I think we can understand a little bit better that kind of extreme reaction against the apostle Paul. We can understand better this week the sort of opposition and turmoil when we consider the events this past week in Afghanistan and Haiti for that matter. Please, please, please keep those hurting people and especially our brothers and sisters in Christ in those lands in your prayers. And let's pray for God to bring breakthroughs, to bring hope, to bring healing, to bring peace and to bring the good news into really, really desperate situations. So I think we have a little bit better understanding now that kind of what happens in that part of the world, very near where the Apostle Paul and Silas 
were wandering on their missionary journey. Paul, like some of our Afghan brothers and sisters of today, decides to go back to the very place where he was mistreated, back to Lystra, and there he strengthens the new believers there. But then the story takes on a new direction. Paul and Silas go east into new territory, further territory that has never yet heard of Jesus Christ. And they are just trying to follow God's lead in this. They're seeking a breakthrough, but they don't know exactly what God's going to do. So here's the first principle for all of us today when you're seeking a breakthrough. Write it down. Often, God has a different and better plan. We have our plans. We have an idea of how it's going to work out. But sometimes God has a different and it's a better plan. For look at verse 6 of Acts chapter 16. So they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia. They had been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they came to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. Passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. So the year's about 49 AD. Let's take a look at the map. Brandon covered a little bit of this last weekend, but they're at Lystra, right here. They go up, they try to go into this area, the Holy Spirit says, no, you can't go to Asia. They try to go to Bithynia. The Holy Spirit says, no, I don't know how exactly, but somehow the Lord prevented them from taking those turns. So they pass by Mysia on to Troas, and that's where we pick up our story. So it's ready, set, no. Ready, set, no. Two times. They're bouncing around from place to place, like trying to find a parking lot during the holidays. I mean, they can't find a place to land. And brothers and sisters, sometimes it is a no. It is a no. For now. It doesn't mean you've done something wrong. I just want to encourage you in that. It doesn't mean you're out of God's will. Sometimes it's just God has a different and a better plan. So Troas is the cross where they are now, is across the Aegean Sea from the mainland of Greece. And where do you go from here next? Verse 9, look what it says. During the night, Paul had a vision in which a Macedonian man was standing and pleading with him, cross over to Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, we immediately made efforts to set out for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel, the good news to them. So let's look at the map again. Cross over the, the man of Macedonia. Look up here in the upper left. Uh, man of Macedonia is calling them, come over. So they're supposed to cross the Aegean Sea and help somebody there. Now they have this vision from God and now they're ready to embrace God's different and better plan. So what are the life lessons we get from this? I want to give you a few just so far. Life lessons is, you know what? If you're seeking a breakthrough, failures, obstacles, and disappointments, and closed doors are not final. Doesn't mean it's over. It just means there may be a delay or something else is developing, all right? Here's another one. Be open to change. Be ready to act. So. So God maybe has a different plan, and when he opens that door, when he makes it clear that you're to take the next step, then be ready to act. Here's another life lesson. Sometimes it's just not God's plan. You had a, a desire, you had the breakthrough that you were seeking, and sometimes God has something different and better, 
but just get ready to receive the new direction. This is mysterious. It takes time in prayer. It takes time just waiting on God. But don't get discouraged. Instead, this is the last life lesson. You don't have to know the whole plan. Just take the next step. Whatever step of obedience or faithfulness, like this is what I'm supposed to do next, God, whatever that is, just be faithful to take the next step, even though, because they don't know what they're doing, they're crossing a sea, they don't know what they're going to experience on the other side, but they're willing to take the next step of what God wants for them. These life lessons are true in all of life, and especially when God wants to change us, and God wants to use us to love, to serve, to reach other people to advance his kingdom and his name in our community and in this world. So God may close a bunch of doors and say, ready, set, no, ready, set, no. But be ready to go when he provides new direction and wait on him. And then when there are opportunities and when there is a next step of faithfulness, make sure you're ready to take that and then follow him. Okay, here's the second principle when we're seeking a breakthrough. Great breakthroughs begin with understanding God in the small things. Now guys, have you ever had an experience um, when you were super excited to get somewhere or to, to explore something, but when you actually arrived, it was kind of a letdown? It's kind of like, remember uh, Wally World? When the Griswold family was all going to Wally World, they couldn't wait to get through this cross-country trip. They finally get to Wally World. They're in the parking lot. Chevy Chase says, here we are, kids. Mysteriously, the parking lot is empty because when they get there, Wally World is closed. Wow. And, you know, Clark goes crazy, punches the Wally guy in the, in the, in the nose, and the rest is history. Sometimes life is like that. It's like, well, I was looking so forward for, to this. And then when we got there, it's like nothing's happening. So they obey God. Uh, uh, they, they, they go, verse 11, from Troas, we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace and the next day to Neapolis. So look at the, uh, look at the map close up here. So they go to Tro Troas. Now they're crossing over the Aegean Sea to Samothrace, which is this mountainous island. And then they get to Neapolis, okay, which is the modern day port of Kavala in Greece. And they've crossed over now. They wouldn't have called it this, but what they've done is crossed over from Asia to Europe. These are the first people who've ever set foot for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ in Europe. All right, and they make their way in verse 12, and from there to Philippi, a Roman colony and a leading city of the district of Macedonia. So now they're like, we're getting someplace. Big city, it was kind of a little Rome, and you can walk there on the Ignatian Way, even today, you can go there. And they've gone 160 miles from uh, by land, by sea, and by land again, but they're there at Philippi. You can look at Philippi today. This is actually the port uh, near Philippi. They, they, you can go there today. And then they get to Philippi. And in its day, it was an amazing place. I mean, this amphitheater, you can just imagine the splendor of this place. And it says, we stayed in that city for several days. And we stayed in that city for several days. Thud. Hello? Is anybody home? What are we supposed to do now? That nothing happens. 
They follow what they think God's calling them to do and nothing happens. At least not much. Verse 13. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the city gate, so there's nothing inside the city going on. Nobody there led to speak to or talk with or anything. They go outside the city gate by the river, so there's this little kind of minor league river where we expected to find a place of prayer. So here's the river. You can go there today, just a small river called the Ganges. And Paul went first, always, to the Jewish people. So he went to the synagogue, apparently no opportunity there. In fact, the reason why is that it was required to form a synagogue to have 10 Jewish males who were the head of households. But the Jewish population here in Philippi was so small, they couldn't even get 10 guys. So he wanders down to this river, which was a traditional open place where Jewish folks would gather, hoping to find a spot where somebody will be there to talk to, because he always started with the Jewish people. This was the traditional gathering site for Jewish believers in Gentile territory. Now, from this point, at this riverside, he doesn't know this yet. Silas doesn't know this yet. But from that point, all of Europe will be reached with the good news of Jesus. All of Europe. Paul doesn't know that. Tim Silas doesn't know that. Timothy doesn't know that. Luke doesn't know that. It's four guys walking up to a little group by a little river. Great changes are about to happen. And I learn here that great changes in people's lives, great movements of God, often have very, very small beginnings. You ever heard the story of the magic eraser? Uh, you know, the Mr. Clean magic eraser? Apparently some guy, um, he was a construction worker, and uh, he had some insulation. And um, he finished a job and they were wrapping up the construction site and they noticed some marks on the wall. So he's like, I got to figure out something to clean this up. He just grabs this random insulation and, um, oh, maybe this will work. And he rubbed it and he goes, it's like magic. Bingo. Beginning of a multi-million dollar invention. The magic eraser. Question for you. Are you faithful in small things? Maybe God just starts small. When you encounter God, we're, we're talking about encountering God. Are you faithful in small things? Are you willing to serve when no one will notice what you're doing? Do you believe that God could take your cheerful willingness to take the next little step, being faithful to whatever he's called you to do, to eventually open some new doors that you cannot now imagine? It's a great principle. Here's the third principle when we're seeking a breakthrough. Be ready to connect with anyone God brings your way. Back to verse 13. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the city gate by the river. We're expected to find a place, to pray, a place of prayer. We sat down and spoke to the women gathered here. There is so little opportunity that there are zero Jewish males gathering. None. So God closes all the doors. We've traveled, we've walked, 
We've sailed, we've walked hundreds of miles and brought us all the way here for a little outdoor ladies prayer meeting by the Little Minor League River. Are you kidding me? What gives with that? Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt that way? What in the world are you doing, God? But they were faithful. Okay, here it goes. Here's the principle. Be ready to be faithful in the small things. Be ready to connect with anybody God brings your way. That connection, I don't know where God's going to lead you. Maybe to love them, to forgive them, to bless them, to care for them, to reach out to them, to speak to them, to listen to them, to help them, to serve them. That can be discovered in small groups like that, just like that by that river. Maybe this is the moment you never have been in a life group before. Maybe now you sign up for a life group or you find a new life group where you can gather together and seek God together, encounter God together in a group, and you're ready to connect with the people God brings your way. Are you ready to bless, serve, love, forgive whoever, as small as it might seem, Whoever God brings your way, be faithful in that. Principle number four, when we're seeking a breakthrough, learn, I need this, to trust in God's timing and power. He's the one who opens hearts. Verse 14, a God-fearing woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, was listening. One person, a woman named Lydia, here, check it out. Here's a picture. This is, not an act, this is not an actual photograph of Lydia from 2,000 years ago. But it was a great film and, and they pictured her. Uh, she's in this purple cloth. Guys, if you're a, she, she didn't make the purple cloth. She was a dealer in it. This tells us about Lydia that she was a person of relatively high social standing. She was quite wealthy, most likely. And this wealthy woman who's a dealer in purple cloth. And here's the cool thing. Check this out on the map. Um, okay, so, so where do you get purple dye for that? So if you're a dealer in that and you're looking for this. Okay, so you get it along the seacoast by these uh, um, certain types of, of, uh, of fish, shellfish. And you can get this purple substance from them. That's, that's where most people get. So she's right there. and she, Or the other possible place you can get it actually is her city, Thyatira, which is about here. All right. And that was known for being the city that was renowned for purple dye from a plant uh, substance. So one way or another, this woman has either from Thyatira where she's from or from the sea that she's near, She's become quite wealthy. She's a dealer in this. And that was the person that God had led them all the way, all the way from Lystra, all the way from Antioch, to meet up with. The Lord opened her heart, it says, to respond to what Paul was saying. God surprises. So the man of Macedonia turns out to be a woman from Thyatira. Not Macedonia. She lives there now, so she's from Macedonia. She's there in Macedonia. Turns out to be a woman. Unexpected. 
I wouldn't have thought that was what was going to happen, but Paul, Silas, Luke, Timothy. Luke has joined the journey by this point, by the way. And so he's sharing this as an, uh, a, from a first-person perspective, which is, by the way, why we get all the geographical notes. It's important. Sometimes you wonder, why do they name all these cities? It's because they want people to understand that this is, aren't fables that are being made up. This was an actual historical journey that was made. The, that's why those places, which are more or less somewhat meaningless to us, they're important for us to know about and certainly for the original hearers to hear because it said this really happened. You can still visit these places. We can still see photos of them. We can still visit that river. All of these things ground Christianity in history. But all that to say, here's a God-fearing woman named Lydia listening to the good news from the Apostle Paul and the Lord, it says, opened her heart. Paul didn't open her heart, the Lord did. And so he was patient. They all were patient to wait for God to move. It's not our power. It's not God who's going to move hearts. Maybe there's a prodigal that you've been praying for. Maybe there's a situation that you've been waiting for a breakthrough. Ultimately, we can't change hearts. We wait on God's timing and power, and God is the one who changes hearts. But we can be ready. We can be faithful in the small things. We can trust God. We can pray. We can seek and we're willing to meet up with anybody that God brings our way in order with wisdom to be available to, to seek that breakthrough. Maybe there's a person in your life that God has put on your heart in your pathway, that one life we talk about, and maybe God has placed in your life to be kind to, to build a friendship with, to discover their stories, and to discern the next steps of the Holy Spirit. Maybe... Now is the time that God is calling you to be faithful in the next step, and that would be to invite somebody to Alpha. It starts Sunday, September 12th, both in person and online. You can learn more about it at valley.church alpha. Maybe this is the moment that you need to extend that invitation and come with someone. Or maybe, maybe you're exploring Christianity yourself, and God has brought you to hear this message either online or in person and now is the moment that God wants you to take that step of faith to explore the faith further and explore what Jesus really is all about. I want to invite you into that. Here's the fifth and last principle today when we're seeking a breakthrough. Just one transformed life could be yours, could be somebody else's, can have a domino effect beyond your imagination. Just one transformed life Maybe yours, maybe someone you impact could have a domino effect beyond what you could ever imagine. Verse 15. After Lydia and her household were baptized, so she believes, and then her entire household, which might be a very large number of people that she's now sharing the good news with. So because she's a wealthy person, household includes not just your family, but also people that work for you, people that are servants there, whatever it might have been in the ancient world. Her entire household hears the good news, likely through her. Now the domino effect starts happening. They're all saying, we're in this together in the good news. All of them come to faith. All of them are baptized, which we experienced last a couple of weeks ago. And after she and her whole household were baptized, so the dominoes are starting to fall, she urged us... The four leaders, quote, if you consider me a believer in the Lord, if you think I'm legit, 
come and stay at my house. She was a wealthy woman. She no doubt had a very large dwelling that could now become the base of operations for the new church that's being started there. And now her home becomes the kind of house church that will begin a movement that multiplies into many, many more churches. And actually, this city of Philippi, to whom the Apostle Paul will later write the letter to the Philippians, becomes a base of operations for the rest of Europe. So now more dominoes are falling from one woman's faith in Jesus, her obedience to share her faith, her baptism, and then opening up her home, using what? Her resources, being very generous to advance the cause. A huge transformation takes place. Domino after domino falls, and literally from this place, millions of people come to know Jesus. It's an incredible, incredible story. You see, God, when God begins a great work, he often smart, starts in a very small way, just a little river. God wants to use our circumstances to change our lives and eventually to change our world. God is able to open hearts to respond. And when God opens hearts, hearts open. I want to share with you just the, the three or four things I notice about her. Number one, she believed the good news. That's where you start. If you've never trusted in Jesus, you believe this good news of his death, his resurrection, his life for you. He offers full forgiveness of sins. And then she proclaimed her faith through baptism. She, she wanted to make it public. She wasn't ashamed. She, she went public by making a public declaration through baptism. By the way, sometimes coming to faith takes a single day. Sometimes it takes many years. A couple of weeks ago, a young man was baptized, and I want you to hear his story. His own father baptized him, and his story took many years to develop. I don't really remember my life before Christ. Um, I grew up in a, a very Christian household. Uh, parents were both strong believers. And from a young age, we were taught the word of the Lord. We were, uh, we were in Awanas. Um, uh, my mom was very involved in, um, in really instilling the word of God uh, into our daily lives. When I was 12, um, my dad confessed to the family that he had, um, that he was involved in a, a pretty serious crime. Um, and that he'd be going to, to, to prison for six months. And we drove up as a family. I remember it being pretty quiet, somber. And uh, we pulled up outside the maximum security prison and he, um, he got out and gave us all a kiss. And he said to me, you're the man of the house now. And as a 12 year old kid, you don't know how to handle that. Um, that was, that was a big weight on my shoulders. And I just, I just gave up. After about um, 13 years of consistent um, touring and playing concerts and all that kind of stuff, I had, I had succumbed to the lifestyle and uh, I went to rehab for drug addiction and alcoholism. In December of this year, I came out came back out uh, to Minnesota and, um, and I got COVID. And I was, as I was laying on a couch in a basement for two weeks, uh, I just drowned myself in, in 
in alcoholism. You know, as I was laying there, pathetic, sick, sad, nobody next to me, I just, I just experienced the uh, intense presence of God. This feels like the last piece of the puzzle for me with my faith. I'm ready to do this the right way. And how cool is it that I get to walk up on that stage that I saw my dad stand in front of this congregation right here and confess his sin. And I get to get baptized where he stood by him to profess my faith in Jesus Christ. Let's go. Luke 15, 20. So he returned home to his father, and I was still a long way off. His father saw him, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, kissed him. The prodigal son's not about the sons, it's about the father and his giddy love for us. And his giddy love for us. And so he's giddy crazy up in heaven right now. And we can celebrate with him. I love you, Brad. Bradford, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So maybe the step for you today is to walk in the steps of Lydia, walk in the steps of her household, walk in the steps of Bradford like we just saw and for you to believe the good news and then show that publicly through baptism. If you're interested in being baptized like you saw a couple of weeks ago, could you send us an email, baptism at valley.church. Simple as that, baptism at valley.church and we look forward to how you can explore baptism. So God opens hearts. She then joined the mission of the church. She believed the good news, she proclaimed her faith through baptism, and then she joined the mission of the church. She said, if, you believe, if I'm a believer in the Lord, where can I help? She volunteered, and she got involved. Maybe this, this fall, as we launch things in a big way, we're having a big launch on Sunday, September 12th, uh, fall, our fall kickoff. Maybe this is the moment where you get more involved, when you start to volunteer, where you join the mission of Valley Church, like she did. And then she advanced the cause through her generosity. She said, you know what I have, I want to use to serve the cause of Jesus. And guys, we're, you all know, people at Valley Church are incredibly generous. And we are coming uh, to the end of our fiscal year. Just, it ends August 31st. So we've got a couple weekends left where you can make a big difference. Help us finish this year strong. Help us to continue the momentum that God has given to us as we've been growing and reaching more and more people and loving and blessing our community and meeting needs around the world that are so great and so big today. Your generosity makes a huge difference. And I just want to encourage you to be praying about that. And over the next, today or this, this next weekend, to make a big difference through your generosity because it, it really advances the cause of Jesus, just like Lydia did. And who knows what domino effects can happen in your involvement and your generosity. There are no accidents in your lives, in your life. God puts together circumstances to open your heart and to use you to open other people's hearts.
And from that point, it begins to spread, it begins to grow, dominoes begin to fall to her household, then a small gathering at her home, then more in Philippi, and then to another city, and in a short time to the whole continent and beyond. It didn't get easier. Next weekend, we'll hear an incredible story of Paul and Silas ending up in prison. That's for another day. But the lesson of life is you never know when God's going to bring a breakthrough. So maybe today's the day to take that next step. Join a life group, explore Christianity through signing up for Alpha, befriending a neighbor, a coworker, a kid at school, someone new at your school, in the community, someone new to America, becoming more involved in the mission of this church. Being extra generous with your resources, getting involved in loving our community because we love Des Moines. By the way, coming up in just a few weeks is our Good for All conference. Please sign up for the Good for All 2021 conference, October 7th through 9th. Um, our, our headline speakers, Tim Tebow, uh, as you may have heard, uh, Tim's dream of uh, making an NFL team did not turn out. And for that reason, um, you know, he's all ours at this point. Uh, we were going to make it work out somehow, but now there's a wide open opportunity and he is our headline speaker. And then we got Catherine Wolf and we got Dr. John Perkins. It's going to be a great conference. So please get signed up for that. Just go to goodforall2021.com. Are you seeking a breakthrough? I just want to pray for you. Father, Today we just come to you and I think of all the different people out there who have walked through this passage and seen the breakthroughs that you can bring. But sometimes it takes time and sometimes we don't see what you're doing and sometimes we don't understand this little thing that's happening. But help us to trust you in that moment, to be ready, to be available to anyone you bring our way and to be faithful to take that next step. And who knows, God, what breakthroughs you want to bring not only in, in individual hearts of people hearing this message, but beyond us to our church, to our community, and to our world. We want to be those people that experience your breakthroughs in big ways and in small ways. Use us, O oh God. And everybody agreed and said, amen, amen. God bless you all.